Where'd you get your T-shirt, uh, Rick? Five minutes before I sat down. Oh man, yeah. I might have one in my my uh, much more growth than my mailbox. Yeah, I know. In I, mailbox. I should have ran downstairs today. <laughs> the doorman was probably down like, "Ooh, you got t-shirts too? Y'all niggas got coquito and t-shirts? Ooh, he was probably letting his boys do. Nigga, they got flat screens. I'll see them niggas. <laughs> <laughs> apartment, apartment, beep beep beep. Them exactly. niggas got everything. You know how many air conditioners they got up in there? <laughs> oh, you cool, nigga. I want to come in your apartment. It's all swirly and cool. It's only four of y'all niggas. Why y'all need six air conditioners? <laughs> 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 I think I heard that nigga got an air conditioner in his closet to keep his diamonds cold. <laughs> this is another episode of Decoding 40. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Raw, making all your fantasies come true. This is L.O., live from BK, but residing in Harlem. What's up, it's your boy Vin, a.k.a. Vinny Pugazi, master of impressions. Yo, what's up, this is Hour, and I'm talking directly into the mic. Welcome to the stage, guys. <laughs> uh, Google, I just do heroin. That sounds gross. No, y'all just trying to blame me out. Oh, I'm being a pack. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another exciting episode of Decoding 40. My name is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rourke, and I'm here with my main man. This is your boy L.O.Dot, a.k.a. Talk directly into the mic, please. It's your boy Vin in the building. What's good? Hey, this is Alaric. Did you just steal Alaric's thing a little bit? Who, me? You was like, I'm talking directly to the microphone. No. Did you, did, you, would, did you say that? I, w- I was paying an homage, first off. <laughs> is that what you said? <laughs> it feels a little, a little steppy. Is it Wayne Brady? It was his Wayne Brady. You know what's funny is that I was... Uh, I was watching the verses of um, who was it? Um, shit, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and oh, um, and Isley Brothers, and they started talking about a story. Uh, Steve Harvey was telling a story that he was over their house or during a Super Bowl, or whatever, and they used the an Isley Brothers sample without their authorization, mm. and said that basically the uh, not Ron Isley, the other brother, got on the phone and made a phone call. And was like, uh, it was like a 10 minute conversation, obviously with their lawyer. And by the time they hung up with the phone, they had already had a number of how much they was going to get for using their shit without letting them know. Mm. So, it was in the Super Bowl. It was in the so, Super Bowl. So, yeah, it was in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, they. Oh, and, it was in the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was a Super Bowl commercial or it was something, it was something Super Bowl related where they didn't, they weren't, uh, they weren't given a check <laughs> for using Bad. this stuff. Bad. And basically, wow. Uh, made a phone call wa- after watching it and was like, yeah, um, <laughs> y'all niggas owe us a check. <laughs> and uh, I was, attorneys, please. I was laughing because in, um, in my mind, I saw the conversation on the other end 
of whoever's job it was in that fucking commercial group to get the fucking authorization. Get fucking Tom on the phone. Are you? Did you not fucking pay these guys? Do you know who the fuck they are? It's the Isley Brothers. They've made they made songs since the fifties. They got we've used stuff of theirs that we don't even know it was their shit until mm-hmm. we got a call. I, mm. I didn't I didn't realize how many joints we're going to talk about this, but yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to talk about. I this. still haven't listened but, to the new song though. I used to work with some old white dudes in a blue collar capacity, and they used to have the old rock station on, like the like the the and. The Isley Brothers were coming out of that radio, and I didn't realize that the songs that I was listening to in this, because there was a there was a white guy who was like who was in control of the radio, and his, Sounds about he white. picked all the stations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, just we going back. Don't so, touch this fucking radio ever. It was it was kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> Nagger. So, no, probably said Nagger. Nagger. Actually, he used to call me. He used to call me twenty eight. Oh, twenty eight. That? that was 20. my route. That was a route that I had. Oh, hey, 28, oh, okay. come I, over here. I was, I was I route 28. 28, so he used to call me 28. Mm-hmm. So he said, 20, he said 20. your name. <laughs> That's right. So everybody else had a name except you, 28? <laughs> I can't. Nope. I don't have time to remember niggers' names, so I just call them by their number. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So <it> was <laughs> That's hilarious. When I, when I first got there, I was 28, and then... At the time, I was pursuing a rap career and I listened to rap music at my desk on my headphones. So they, so my nickname became Rapper. I was Rapper. So I went from wow. 28 to Rapper. Wow. Yeah. So you basically... But, <laughs> what are you, but the, guys, the guys who had been there 20 years, they all had names. But most of us young guys, we all Nigga, had names. Nigga, this sounds MC like 8 Mile. MC 28. Exactly. Hold up. This sounds like 8 Mile. And, in the, and, in, and let me guess, on the breaks, <laughs> on the breaks, you guys would go out to the Roach Coach and buy coffees and then have a cypher? Is that what happened? Yes. <laughs> And well, he would share he, share you on at the end of the movie, and he'd cry what? as he turned the music down. It, it was funny because it was another young guy. Bye bye, twenty eight. There's another young guy. There's another young guy working with named Pete, and he was like the hip hop Puerto Rican. And then there was a there was a, a a white girl who was there, and she used to hear me and Pete talking. And she came in, and and she used to talk about. You guys don't know nothing about hip hop, because Tribe Called Quest is the greatest rap group of all time, and we would look at each other. So anyway, that white girl turned out to be Nikki, who's still one of my very, very good friends today. Hmm. Um, and I didn't so, realize how I, racist the post office was. Oh, I got I, we talked about this though. I got slapped well, in the never, post office. You guys don't remember all these stories? Never underestimate. Uh, but that was that was never underestimate white people's creativity when it comes to racism. Like they'll find love. new ways. <laughs> they they will find new ways. I didn't know that numbers were racist, but calling them twenty eight—that's twenty eight, whatever. The, goddamn the, it! The woman who you said I was in love with. Imagine Melissa McCarthy. We didn't say that. Uh-huh. You said that. No, no, I no. Said. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to put it in context. Imagine Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. but in the context, Melissa McCarthy's a ten, and this woman's mm-hmm. like a two. Compared, oh, but okay. same size. But imagine. Did you like that WAP? I didn't. There was none of that happening. <laughs> Yo, none you of said that she happened. Paid for your apartment, or she co-signed for your apartment? No, no, no. She she lent me money so I could so I could get hey, twenty eight. But I didn't hit it. I didn't order. <laughs> hey, twenty eight. Meet me in the closet so I can give you some <laughs> on, of this fat bitch pussy. You want everything I love? On my on my daughter, on my daughter. That never happened. What? He oh, said, lift up my fupa. Lift up my fupa. 
and fuck me in the ass, 28. Oh, you want this no. money, don't you? You want that nice fly apartment? You better fuck my asshole. I don't even know how we got over here, but anyway. EP. Because I'm here. Everywhere <laughs> yeah, it goes there, yeah. sir. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you wanted to go to fuckery right this way. Yes. yes <laughs> right yes. this way, sir. <laughs> we have you in. Follow me. Can I help you with your bags? The fuckery. Exactly. So, sir, so we have the fuckery room, and right next door, adjacent to that, is the anal room, because somehow it always goes to the ass. <laughs> And then he wants a tip on top of that. All right. Exactly. So what's going on in your lives, fellas? Fellas. Fellas? Yeah. Fellas. Fellas. Um, what's going on in my life? Uh, you know, uh, it's pretty good. I got my fence finally installed. Yeah. Did you get your post? And you got that extra post? I got that extra post. Well, the, listen. Did, um, did they bring it or did you have to go? Tell us about that, please. Give him a reach around. As far as the um, the handyman, they took care of everything. Easy handyman. Um, you know, I'm gonna give them a shout out because they do very good work. Um, Mac, when you're ready, if you need anything, let me know. This these guys are very efficient. They come out, they take care of shit, they're quiet, you don't even hear them. They literally was there and they wasn't there. And in three days they did. Um, they are Latino. I'm not sure if they're Mexican. I know they might be South American. Um, Mm -hmm. but the son, the son is very doesn't sound at all Latino on the phone. I was expecting Italians, and then when they showed up, I was like, okay, the son must have grew up in Staten Island somewhere near the Italians. Because he was like, you know, I'll come out there tomorrow, you know, my son, my, my father will be there. And I was expecting an old Italian man with a wife beater on, and I got somebody totally different. But um, racial, stereotype, racial stereotypes aside, um, good, good work, efficient, um, did everything inside the time they were going to say they were going to do it. And I didn't think they were going to be able to do it, but they did. And um, I'm very happy with the work. Now, back to Lowe's, I had to call for about three or four days until I finally got someone on the phone and spoke to this one dude. And I was like, look, are you the manager? He was like, I'm the manager. I think he happened to pick up the phone by mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Because by the time I got to this dude, I had already called before, got hung up on and disconnected again. So I get this guy on the phone. I said, you're the manager. You're a manager? I said, uh, I said, do you have a moment? <laughs> this is going to take a moment. <laughs> mm. So I ran down everything that happened. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. He was like, so So then he has the nerve to go, oh, so um, you're going to have Lowe's do the work? And I said, sir, that ship has sailed. Okay, <laughs> you guys are not going to get another fucking dime of my money after what you mm. put me through. So I went through everything, let him know what happened. And he was he gave me back, again, the price of the missing item as well as the delivery fee and then then the moment of zen for me was when they sent me the fucking how i'm doing fucking email and the survey Mm, i love those i was like flame on Leon clears Leon, his entire Leon. company Leon, is Leon. shit. Calendar gets cleared when I see you. <laughs> I wish I never Max. met you. Like, <laughs> I felt like that little gangster white boy that'd be like, I got time, son. I got time. Yeah. You know, this is, <laughs> I had time. time. Um, everything was a one. Everything was a one on there. I, the, the, if they asked me a question, do you like the colors including of Including his wife. Yo, everything was oh. a one. So I gave now, everything I a one. His wife. I gave everything a one. Why my mama got to be a one? Why my mama yes. got to be a one? <laughs> Everybody got a one, son. And then at the last bit they have, they have that little box and you can type in. And then I typed in and every every other mm, adjective mm. was horrible. 
mm. uh, you know, abysmal. I, 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 every fucking negative uh, word I can use. I pulled the thesaurus out for this one and Pathetic. fucking filled it up that that email. I'm hoping that someone from corporate gets back to me because I'm like, I would like the whole order free. But was it? Mm. All right. But can, can I ask you a question? Was it really a one or was it a one because you was pissed off? Oh, the whole What's experience the couldn't have been. What's the difference? What's the difference? It's a one. Right. Yeah, it's all it's all a one. If, if I'm, be, I'm kind of not pissed off, then you got a three. Be, it was off, a one. I'm going to tell you why it was a one. The delivery was a one because they just dropped it in my driveway with no, oh, you know, no explanation of how I'm going to get into the back. Contactless delivery. Okay. Well, no, it wasn't even that because the person that was doing the deliveries is not even a, not even a Lowe's worker. They're contracted to do these deliveries. Because when my wife was like, okay, is there anybody, how are we going to get into the back? Dude was like, all I do is drop it off. And then my wife was like, it looks like we might be missing something. All I do is drop it off and literally turned around and left. Mm. And the first lady I got on the phone, that bitch was at the nerve to say, well, you could have denied the delivery. I'm like, yo, it's hard to do that when dude literally drops a pallet in your driveway and, mm-hmm. and turns around like I have nothing to do with this. So, yeah, everybody got a motherfucking one. Yes. It everybody got a one. I'm like, yo, that store needs to burn. Yo, yes. L, L lives for it. Else should start a website called uh, LOScomplaints.com. You want to file a complaint? I don't have time. A lot of people don't have time to complain. They could just call you or text you, and then L will actually tear somebody down. This is obviously what you have to do. (laughs) LOScomplaints.com. Three horrible reviews. Six scathing emails. At least one call to someone who is an official. I'd like to upgrade my complaint to fuck you. That's the fuck you department. Let me transfer you to Vin. <laughs> fuck you department. Highly trained, dedicated call center team. We don't have a manager fuck here. Fuck you. I would have remembered it. What the fuck? We remind you every week. Just calling me names. How do you think that makes me you, feel? You hypocritical motherfucker. I'm not the owner of the store, so you have to call back. What How the fuck does it matter? Tell me one more time, I'm going to call the police. Yeah, we don't give a shit. Anything else? Fuck out of here. <laughs> Camping out. Fuck out of here. I apologize. LOScomplaints.com. Three tiers. Moderately just scathing reviews of the fuck you department. And then there's me. I'm the third option. Nuclear. Would you like to upgrade to nuclear for ninety nine ninety five? How can I help you? Fuck you and everything you think you stand for. LOScomplaints.com. I'm absolutely here for this. <laughs> <laughs> there was a... um. A company that I was dealing with, and it was one of the companies that I think I had reached out for us to do a partnership with, and they never responded. Then I got this horrible service. So in the comment, I get a feedback uh, email, and in the comment, I say, not only do you shit on your customers, you don't even give a fuck about African-Americans and trying to work with us and collaborate with us. Do you? I got an email and response and a call the next fucking day. I was no. like, this is obviously what you have to do. A lot they of people like, have stepped it we're up. We're not going to work with your podcast, but we're sorry. Right. Yeah. I wrote a 350-word complaint email <laughs> at like 8.50 p.m. at night. Forgot about it. I was like, you guys suck. Here's why you suck. Whatever. Forgot about it. The next day, the customer service department called me. Then the head of the whatever development called me. And then the CEO sends me an email. He says, Mac, I'm the CEO of this company. I want you to know that we pay attention to these things. If my team hasn't resolved this, here is my personal phone number. You call me. I just want to make sure that you are satisfied with our service. I'm like, 
I was so blown away. I was like, my dude, I only spent, I forgot what it was. I spent like $72 with you. It wasn't that deep, but I wanted you to know that the product mm, wasn't You let working. him off the hook? Yeah, really. No, no I, I didn't. didn't. I didn't. You know he gave you a sideline phone number, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. That nigga at 2.30 in the morning. Hello, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still hasn't been no. resolved yet. That shit goes to so, Albuquerque. Free. Right, right, right. I thought he was sliding me. That and it, call and then goes he, to Albuquerque. And he, he was like, you don't understand. He goes, there's not a lot of people that put the level of detail into their complaint like you did. So mm. it, what he offered me was to do product testing for them and be a beta tester. He was like, we want people like you who can articulate what their problems are, not just complain about them. And you're black. Wow, we're going to put, we're gonna put you to work yeah, for well, free. free. And you're black. It's great. Something I mean, like it solves two stories. But, but I get the product for free. I get the product for free. So I, I don't true. have to pay it for it anymore. So shout hold out. Up, hold up, anyway. hold up, hold up. Thank you, Doc. So, so you're a beta taste. You're a beta tester for butt cream. Is that what the oh. product was? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it exfoliates my ass. I have the clearest ass. I've got. <laughs> you, you know, Vin, you're, you're kind of obsessed with the asshole. You are kind I'm of a little worried about. Kind of, I'm a little worried no, about this. Bro. He, he told us that. I don't even know how we got over here, but anyway, because I'm here. Everywhere yeah, it goes, there, yeah. exactly. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. Vin, Vin, where did this fixation come with you? And the reason I'm laughing about the butt cream thing is because I'm using a lot of desitin. Um, but you know, I, where, <laughs> where wow, your, you are really getting self? personal. Hey, no, bro. for the baby, but for the baby, <laughs> I have a baby. Animals, the baby, you, you animals. No, Thank no, you. No, don't use the baby as a shield. <laughs> I'm not using the desitin on myself, you moron. I'm using. You like <laughs> hold up, hold up, Mac. We've went through three tubes. It's not the baby. <laughs> Listen, we're getting a test for free. Stop it. All right. <laughs> I'm a beta tester. Shit. Fine. I'm a beta tester for Destin. <laughs> I'm a beta tester for Destin. <laughs> I'm using this shit on everything. I'm using this shit to click. To, to, to fucking fix the squeaks of the fucking doors. Excuse me, sir. It doesn't feel as good as it used to. I would like you to improve the formula. That's it's hilarious. not as soothing. All right. It's it's not right. as slippery as it used to be. Oh my god. <sighs> I remember. <laughs> I remember when we had controls on this show. All right. So anyway. Yo, this is Vincent, a.k.a. Many Voices. Hey, what's up? This is Alaric, and I'm speaking directly into the mic. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rourke, making all your dreams come true. This is Hello. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. Make sure that you follow us. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do we tweet? A little bit. We tweet. We tweet. All right. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. No Snapchat at all. And go to www.decoding40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. Thank you for listening to Coden Party, <laughs> goddammit. No. So, Vince, so you got your fence. You you got all your parts. They sent it to you. You sent in a complaint card. Your fence is now up and you're protected. Pause. Yes. Yes. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready for the springtime. I got a lot of work to do back there. I've got to basically, you know, clean and, 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 and break everything out. Um, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> clean, destined. He can't follow yeah. that up, but I got a lot of work to do back there. Like, you can't. You gotta, yeah, oh, I got to do a lot of back work. I missed there, that. Yeah. Oh, I missed you that. You missed that? You missed yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Mac, Mac, Mac doesn't miss a pause moment ever. No, um, so now I, I got a lot of uh, work to do back there. You know, pause. 
um, yeah, I got to clean up this space what I, that I want to actually start a garden. And that's my um, mission for the next couple of weeks to get that together for the garden. Right. And that's what are you basically to grow? it. What are you going to grow? Eggplants? Uh, <laughs> eggplants. Here oh, we go. Uh, Boys. Eggplants. Uh, well, the easiest thing to grow is tomatoes. So I'll grow some tomatoes. I'm probably, I, I don't know if I'm. Tomatoes, bro. I will. Yeah, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to mix uh, tomatoes with coquito. So you niggas are, are in for it. <laughs> <laughs> Tomato coquito. Tomato coquito. No, um, nah, some tomatoes, probably some, uh, don't I'm make definitely people. grow some, um, some spices. Uh, I'm going to see if I can try to go cilantro and things of that nature. I don't know if I'll be able to, but you know, uh, different herbs and spices and stuff like that. And definitely, um, greens, nice. um, maybe, um, collard greens, cabbage, something like that. Rick, stuff you, that doesn't take a whole lot of work. Aren't you growing in your yard? Yeah. 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 I, I didn't have enough space to do the greens, mm-hmm. but I have tomatoes. I had peppers. I had uh, basil. I had uh, thyme. Uh, French time. Um, this year, I want to do a little bit more if I can. Mm-hmm. But there's only one part of my backyard that gets direct sunlight for the for the majority of the day. So that's really the only spot that I can I can grow. Like if I can grow a crop that doesn't need sunlight, direct sunlight, all day, I might try that one too in another <laughs> part of the yard. I think well, the greens themselves, collard greens and stuff like that. I I, I want to say can grow uh, in a cooler climate towards the end of the season um because they're usually like one of the last crops to grow and then you can all i don't know if it needs that much sunlight i mean of course it does need light but i don't know if it needs direct sunlight but yeah you got to look into all of that because they i know a lot of times you go especially if you go in and buy the seeds and things of that nature they'll tell you the time of year it can grow so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shot you know it's an homage to my mom she was a hell of a gardener and um kept a an immaculate garden and as a child i was responsible for digging a lot of the holes for that stuff so you know it's it's not easy oh. you know did you use a pause as i was talking about my mom i, I wasn't gonna touch that one <laughs> Nigga, what type that. of savage are you <laughs> i told you it's gonna be christ. interesting there. jesus christ it's jason Bourne. Right. um yeah. no so i'm gonna I'm gonna definitely uh you know take a take a shot at it. It's, it's gonna it should be fun, you know, get the family involved. And I and I think it's an essential type of tool. We don't we, you know the future is always kind of crazy. It's, it can and the the most ominous version of it will require you to do your own fucking gardening. And if you don't know how to grow anything, you will starve. Yeah. It will be little house in the prairie out in this bitch. No doubt. You know? No so doubt. the challenge it's, is growing something from a seed. It's different from from putting a plant. You, you bought from Home Depot. Yeah, well, a it's, lot of them, a lot of them are plants now. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to use seeds per se. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm you just know. saying that. I'm saying if like Armageddon comes, like end yeah. of the world, you, you well, try to grow from seeds. It's a different. It's a different thing. Monsanto will have all the seeds. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> what are you worried about? <laughs> Plus, it's not because, because Monsanto they'll just they'll just give you the seeds. It's no big deal. It'll be. It'll be fine. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's going on with you, Al? First things first, I got my vaccine, my first shot of my vaccine last week. Yay! And um, it is an interesting uh, process to go through. The funny thing was, I didn't have any side effects other than the pain in my arm, where I, t- I had the, the area where the shot was uh, administered. But 
immediately after taking the shot, I was lightheaded and I was wondering what that was about. And I was I happened to be watching Rachel Maddow's show maybe a couple of days later when she took her shot. And she was saying that she thought she was lightheaded because of having the relief of all of the pressure that's been on your mind that's related to COVID and you actually being active and doing something proactive to deal with it. And I thought that was a good explanation because that's kind of how I felt when I sat down. Like I felt relief and it was just like, all right. And in my life, I always feel empowered when I'm doing something to overcome what I consider a challenge. So that was dope. I was lightheaded um, later that day, but I just kind of laid down and I was fine like 20 minutes later. Actually, the I, lightheadedness is um, caused from, is that, is that it's, it's actually, about? it's the microchip when it starts yeah. to actually, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking Directed. for? It starts to directly affect the medulla oblongata when it starts to enter that area. And that's what the lightheadedness comes from, actually. That's what I've been told from the QAnon website. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> So I would recommend anybody who's going to take a shot, just be thoughtful about where, which arm you take the shot in, because I had it in my left arm and I sleep on my left arm. At least I start off on my left arm and I was like, damn, I didn't think this through. So, um, but the pain for me lasted maybe that night. And then for the, after that, I was fine. And there was no events um, other than I thought someone was recording me who was sitting next to me, but I just felt it. I just thought it was weird. Maybe my mind was playing tricks on me because I was like, "Golden 40. I know. First off, I'm like, "Miss, the the signs clearly say don't have your phone out in this area." But she has her phone. Yeah, she has her phone like as if she's pointing it at me, just trying to be discreet about it. So I look up, and then she moves her phone. I'm like, "Oh, great! You just really played into my fucking paranoia right now." I know this thing so, right here. Yeah, right. World star. Exactly. So I'll be on somebody. <laughs> going for you, member. Get shut. <laughs> I'll be on somebody's <laughs> website at some point. I had that same lightheaded feeling after I came out. I had to sit in the car because I was by myself. I had to sit in the car. For like, Did they make you wait hour. 15 minutes? They did. But after that, when I walked to the car, I was feeling a little woozy. I didn't feel comfortable driving. So I sat there for 20 minutes and then uh, I drove off. Mm-hmm. Cause like I was like I was like, do I feel funny? Is it me? I didn't want to be driving and crashing to the wall, so I was right. just like, you know what I mean? I, I just chill. For that me. nigga got a shot in the bodega. They was like, Poppy, don't worry about it. You got a president thing. You got a free president thing when you leave. That that's why I got he was a, lightheaded because he took a he was drinking. I got a, a free turkey and cheese. I got a free turkey and cheese. It was all right. Take right. a shot in Brugal. You okay? Brugal. No problem. Just rub it on the rub rub the Brugal on the on the shot. Area. It's okay. Um, it's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, man. The other thing is, um, I'm going hard with my hiking groups. I lucked out and started talking to someone who is a um, a major hiker, and she actually leads a lot of groups um, a- across the city and in Jersey. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to connecting with her. And I think the other thing is because I've been locked out, locked up for a year, I'm actually looking to be outside and outdoors more. So my wife and I have been looking at some uh, camping activities, uh, some for the families and some like for adults. So uh, it should be fun. Real, real quick. Um, he's been locked up in the house, not in Rikers. Ladies and I've been locked <laughs> up. After I kill that bitch for fucking up my order. And an attorney general didn't help. I had to kill her. <laughs> Matter of fact, one of the places to... that we're looking at is um, 
Freedom Georgia, but what's the other name? That I was l- Tomb something. I don't know. I was looking at their website today, the women who bought that. So they have uh, something called the Big Black Campout. And um, it is like really rugged. You you bring your, either your RV, your camper, or your tent. And for a weekend, uh, for a Memorial Day weekend, you can go and hang out with other black people and just kick it. So we're considering going down that. there for uh, Memorial Day weekend. If that we didn't have a baby like fun in an RV. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna rent an RV, or you're just gonna go out there. Like, no, we're gonna fly rent an down RV. Yeah. Then we're gonna and fly gonna down. No, no, come on, come on. You know me. We're gonna fly down to Atlanta. The RV and then drive down to the campsite. This nigga, you know, he, he's gonna first. No, no, he's gonna fly, rent a car. Drive to the RV spot, and the RV spot's <laughs> going to be a mile away from the campground. Yeah, exactly. But I think actually they'll bring the RV to you at the airport. I think that's what my wife said. So oh, we'll see. shit. That's what's um, up. And then last but least, on a, a somber note, but I, I got to give this brother a shout out. Um, Philip Bott, who was my English teacher in uh, uh, high school, uh, unfortunately passed away a couple of weeks ago. The news just kind of got to me today. Oh, wow. This dude actually is the genesis of me believing in the words that I write down on a piece of paper and making sure mm. that I have conviction. So I I pray that he rests in power with all the ancestors. He was an amazing dude. He taught at my high school for four years and then he went on to teach at Stuyvesant for 30 years. He was uh, a long, he was a cousin and I think some descendant of Martin Luther King and everything about him spoke to that legacy. I, I cannot thank him enough for the number of times he pulled me to the side and just said, listen, you have something, you have a gift, do not waste it. And I hang, I have hung on to that word for, I think now 30 years now, 30 plus years. And he has been an amazing anchor in when I think about the things that I, uh, the way that I think about things and the way that I approach my life and the way that I try to be as forceful and as energetic when it comes to anything that I'm a part of. He is a major contributor to that. He was one of the important father figures in my life and I will forever miss him. And I, I, I thank him uh, from the bottom of my heart. That's deep, yo. Rest in power. Real talk. Real yeah. talk. Power. Absolutely. Yeah. When you have to have an uh, an educator that that has such a, a profound impact on you, it's it's a good thing, especially when they're a man or even a woman of color. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's deep. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you, yeah, the amazing. question is always, when did you first get your first black teacher? He was yeah. my first male yeah. teacher. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I think everybody's got that one teacher, and I, we've talked about this on the podcast. I think everybody's got that one teacher that really connected with them and really right. like you know and I teach and I try to be that teacher um, it's, it's, it's great if it's great if I taught you something I really want people to care mm-hmm. and I really want people to be inspired and that's what good teachers do and, that, and I feel like right. that's what he did for oh, you is, is sure. you know what I'm saying and that's what, that's what I think good teachers so shout out to all the good teachers out there as we're talking he was what he was the reason why I went to Fisk uh, Cause I wanted to go to Howard, and he was like, "Don't go to Howard, go to Fisk." <laughs> he was like, he literally said it just like that. Don't go. Well, to, as, don't as go. we're talking about teachers, um, uh, this week, um, my wife, 
my wife's father passed away. Um, mm. Dr. Holder, and also a teacher of history at uh, Staten Island. He retired a few years ago, um, and he succumbed to cancer. So uh, fuck cancer, first of all. Yeah, no, but, um, fuck that shit. All day. No, but uh, you know he was he was when you think about his story, um, he came to America in the late sixties or mid sixties, and um, went to huh. City College and did so well in City College, he was able to earn himself a place at Harvard, which is seems like light years away. And uh, you think of a black man going to Harvard in the early seventies. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy place to be. And being conscious, he's a conscious black man on this campus that wasn't built for you. You know, he was he was a he was an amazing person. We were able to talk all the time, everything from current politics to what was going on back in the day to Real Housewives, which was <laughs> Which was sort of like it was, it was 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 made him made him more complex of, of a person because I'm thinking how could you possibly be this smart, this educated, this refined, this sophisticated, and like housewives? You like but the booties. He showed me that you know <laughs> those possibilities can exist together, and um, you know Calvin, you will be missed. You were surrounded. He was surrounded by people that loved you, and I'm I'm happy that your children had the opportunity to say goodbye to you before you you left. And I also want to shout out uh, our production manager, uh, Dominique. Her, her, she had a death in her family as well. Her, yeah. her aunt passed away. And I want to make sure that I pronounce her name correctly. Marie Makula Fortune. Um, I'm trying to say it with a Haitian accent. Let's see if it... You have failed, it but it was... But no, but it, the intent but was there. My, Macula, we, we're gonna uh, fortune. Uh, I don't know. Close yeah. enough. I'm yeah. fortune. We're gonna we're gonna spread the love though. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's <laughs> spread the love. Um, so, <laughs> shout, listen. Uh, shout out to your to your father-in-law. I, I had a pleasure of meeting him on several occasions. Uh, like you said, smart dude and rest I, in power. Very very watchful. Like I watched him as he watched the the entire room, scan the room, um, and. He he was an educator, definitely, you know, because he had said some words of encouragement to my to both my daughters, which was great. But he was he was a you know a nice man, you know, to say the very least. And and he was he loved his daughters, and he gave uh he gave a, a nice toast. I believe it was that would be your reception, I believe, when you get married. He had made a toast to you and, and you guys. So yeah, rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to uh, Dom's aunt and uh, Elle's teacher. Yeah, man. It's been a rough week. <laughs> it's been a rough two years, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been a rough two years. Mm-hmm. Hey, you. Yeah, you, Dakota 40 fan. You got a problem with us? Give us a call. 608-618-4040. Tell us how you really feel. You might end up on the show. We double, triple, fucking dare you. Fuck out of here. I want to really acknowledge Rick because Rick has behind the scenes reached out to me. You know, I had a rough year and and Rick has reached out to me literally multiple days at every at every crisis that I had in the in the past year. And both Vin and Leon have reached out to me as well. 
But I mean, Rick was Rick was going hard, and I appreciate you, Rick. And and I can only imagine what you and your wife are going through. And I just wanna I wanna shout you guys out. But I do want to encourage everybody to make sure you get therapy. So I talked to somebody who I was interviewing to be my therapist, and I was like, I don't know, and I'm and I'm shopping therapists, and I told, and then I met with this one therapist, and I told her what I was doing, and she was like, Yo, how are you standing up? <laughs> mm. I was like, Yo, I don't know. She was like, yo, you got to give yourself, you have to acknowledge yourself for just, for just standing when in the middle of the fire. So, you know what I'm saying? I just want to encourage anybody. If you, this, this been a rough year for everybody. If you, if you standing in the fire, you know what I mean? Go get some help and, and go get somebody to talk to. Cause we don't talk about mental health. We don't engage in mental health as people of color, especially as black men. We don't go get help. And I just want to encourage everybody to go do that, man. Seriously. I think. I think when you find a therapist, um, I, I've been lucky enough to find one. It's the conversations that you don't realize are going to be the ones that are the gems. And as you start to unpack things, and I have conversations with my therapist on some matter of fact shit. And then I know that I must have hit something because since she starts asking questions are like, well, how did that make you feel? And I'm like, ah, that was it, it, it seems so matter of fact. Mm-hmm. But it does shape certain aspects of your personality and how you and how you deal with things. Um, yeah, yeah, you know um, yeah. that, and looking at old videos of yourself. Like if you have mm-hmm. old videos when you were a child, and you look at yourself and and your mannerisms, and then you try to go back to that time in your mind and see and try to figure out where your head was at at that point. That's that's helpful as well because you start to see why you're the way you are. And you start talking about individuals that help shape yes. your your whole your whole fucking path for good or bad. Yeah, know? even pictures. Even I mean, I was yeah. PJ PJ Morton is one of my favorite new artists, and he has a song that talks about how it's, the lyrics go something to the effect: if he had talked to his eight, if he were to talk to his eight year old self, his eight year old self would be so upset because he he's given up on so many dreams. And mm-hmm. when I look at old pictures, I always think that kid did not know boundaries necessarily. He didn't know heights or like mm-hmm. uh, Blue Ivy said, I, n- I never <laughs> I never knew a ceiling. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, that type of thinking about the world is really, and then the song goes on to say, that's what we should go back to is looking mm-hmm. at the world limitless. But I yeah, agree. I agree with you is that we, we need to stop. We need to stop growing up. And stop trying to be adults. Just kind of tap into that same energy as a child. Speaking of growing up, I have the most fascinating things that I bought. And I know it's a sidebar, but I'm trying to lighten it up too. So I bought my daughter these pajamas. And I have to tell you guys, the technology that they have today. These pajamas that I bought my daughter, I put these pajamas on my daughter. We put her in the crib. And there's a camera above the crib. When you put these pajamas on the baby, it'll tell you how many times per minute that they're breathing. It'll tell you their length, their width, how many time, how many minutes they slept per day. I am you so fascinated. On my fucking nerves. Yo, when I tell you I'm so... <laughs> This nigga got the six million dollar Steve Austin pajamas for his baby. (laughs) (laughs) You literally want to put that on your body, yo. This 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 pajama. Why are you wearing it? 
I'm not wearing it. I'm just showing it to you guys. I'm just showing. He's, oh, okay. he's ordered his adult no. versions at this point. It just came in like it literally. Just I, came need, in. I need those for my sleep apnea shit. You got one? They got those for adults. Yo, these pajamas tell you they mine. have to. How many times you put them down? How many minutes they slept when they got up? It tells you. What kind of Illuminati pajamas. Apple pajamas? That shit must. Have, and, and, and it probably it sticks with your Apple Watch, doesn't it? Look, and every week, every week yeah. they send you a compilation video. Of all of the times that you put them down, what do you mean? Who is tells they? you when their birthday is and Who all is that? They? It's all it's all built oh, into the system. Who is they? Absolutely unnecessary. Illuminati, yo. Absolutely unnecessary, and I and I hope that you get tired of getting these emails and you eventually unsubscribe. <laughs> because no, no, no. Why would I? I want to know who Why are they I? coming from. I just, I just yeah. after I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think I think at first I would have been. Did you I'd say the emails are coming interested. from white people? I could not. I said I said not. I said I don't. I, I said I'm not going to say the name of the oh. company. But, uh, no. <laughs> like, no. What? But I think this I, is I think, fascinating. The amount of data that I'm a data guy, right? Like I'm I'm a data guy. I'm I'm I, I like data. I like information. I like having information mm. and data Yo, as long just as tell it's me, not too too intrusive. Your daughter is not an external hard drive. You don't think this is too intrusive? Let me find. No, let me no. find out when 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 your daughter gets the fucking cyborg uh, <laughs> attachments. Listen, these pajamas. Like, you know, my are... baby. Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm just curious. I'm just asking, really, from a layman's point of view, what are you going to do with this data, and how is it helpful? Well, I like to know how many. It tells me how many times she's breathing per minute, which tells me just to make sure what her level of health is overall. It tells me, is she getting enough sleep per day for her development? And it tells me, are we, are we uh, doing a job, good job in terms of the number of times that we put her down per day so she can get the proper rest? So all of those things are, are really helpful to me. Does it also tell you how many times she thinks my parents are fucking neurotic? <laughs> 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 like yo uh, also are Listen. those are those expensive pajamas but explosion proof because if she has a they shit attack <laughs> and not. they get they all not. over the fucking sensors <laughs> the only thing it's going to be able to tell you is that she's got a shitty diaper <laughs> <laughs> they, they are not they are not but i don't think you're a father until you get pooped on i don't think you're i don't think you're a parent until you get pooped on so i've gotten pooped on it's fine um, I don't remember I don't if I ever got pooped on. I yeah, that's so long ago for y'all. It's so it's so new for me, and as long as it's, it's like y'all so long. But listen, the I'm pretty sure I did. But I was a I was a pretty good diaperer. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, there wasn't no explosions. I'm, I'm getting yeah. better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. And but then the yo, other thing, son, yeah, go ahead. That is that is some that is some neurotic shit though. For real, <laughs> <be> like <laughs> you got videos of me breathing. God damn. <laughs> but also, but also, but also, but also, but also, my daughter was a uh, a preemie, and she was in the NICU. So she had breathing issues. So that's kind of how all this started. Man, it's she's like, fine. She's good now. She's fine now. Yeah, she's, she's good. She's not. She's listen. She's good. Babies are so resilient. So you have no idea. You have no I idea. If, I if my daughter I broke the times I almost dropped her. I didn't realize how resilient they actually are. <laughs> now, what is not resilient, what is what not resilient is her parents' house shopping. Um, so so as, as if you guys listen to the podcast, we were in a contract for a house. 
Um, the inspection came in, lost that house. Another house came in. It is such a crazy market. We bid on this house. The bid on the house was $100,000 over what our bid was. Wow. God damn. Which is which is $130,000 above asking price. Mm. $130,000 over asking. So um, it is definitely Hunger Games out there. It is a seller's market. If you have a house, it, go look at and you're thinking about moving. Now is the time to go sell your house. Um, and I thought it was going to stop like end of this year. It's not. I saw the guy from who's the head of the Fed on 60 Minutes, and he was like, this is going to go to 2023 at least before we see a rate increase. So if you were in real estate, get your life. Now is the time. I want to say they want to fucking they they keep trying to buy my house every goddamn week. See what I'm saying? The phone calls between the phone calls. They've been trying to buy my house for about it started about three months after I actually bought my house. Oh, the office looking right though. I haven't even entertained anything at this point. I haven't even oh, looked at them. Look at um, I got you one. I got Daddy. one offer in the mail. That's a flex. Is that a flex? Yeah, look at no, Daddy it's not a flex. It's not a flex. Uh, I'm gonna tell you why it's not a flex because I Tito, can't sell he doesn't my have house. enough money, Tito. He doesn't have enough money, Tito. Listen, you can't sell it, your house. It, I can't. What? I'm not. I'm not gonna sell my house to then try to find a house and spend all this money that I've made in profit off mine on a new house. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, I'm good where I'm at right now. And I'm just looking at the market in the sense of I'm looking at maybe eight more years to retirement. And I don't plan to live in this area after I retire. So I don't know if I'm going to keep the home and so then take ex- money out of it. I'm sorry. There's your exit game. Pretty much. But I might yeah. keep it because if my, if, if my daughters are still here in the area, I don't know if my oldest or my youngest or they live together. Whatever the situation is, whoever can help pay the mortgage, if not pay the mortgage, because we're talking eight years from now, what my mortgage is. Again, the minimum wage will probably still be the same, but that's (laughs) whatever they're Uh. making. They might be (laughs) able to 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 possibly, you know, to live there, you know, if they can Mm. split it amongst themselves. And again, if I'll, I'll be able to rent my my house for probably two to three times more than what I'm paying in my mortgage. Is your home set up for a potential multifamily? Not really. No. No. I would have to do I would have to do some serious work to my house in order to get that done. Got it. You don't have uh, to okay. Got it. Mm -hmm. So so just to let everybody know what's going on. Put 15 houses on a list, five you take off right away for various different reasons. There's 10 houses you want to go look at. This is Friday afternoon at 12 o'clock. By nine o'clock that night or nine o'clock the next morning, four of those houses are sold. So now out of your 10 houses, you've got six houses to go look at on a Saturday. You go look at those six houses on a Saturday, which are scheduled appointments. Sunday, there are open houses on those houses. Monday, you have between 12 and five to make an offer. The house is then sold on Tuesday or Wednesday. And this is what is happening every week in the New York, in the tri-state area, in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. This is what is happening. And it is, it is, it's God, fascinating. Damn, you your house. This is what is, is fascinating to me. But whatever, whatever, excuse me, whatever Vin's house is worth, you can probably get a lot more for it just because it is a seller's market right now. And the other thing that's happening is people aren't, are working from home and they want more space. 
So right. because of that, people are getting an extra bedroom, the basement, the whatever else that right. they don't have, and they no longer have to be commuting to work. So because right. of that, because of that, people are like, if I don't got to be in the city, let me live my life. Exactly. The thing I was going to say to you, Vin, is that you can take what you've got now and you can upgrade and pay exactly what you're paying now. Yeah, quite possibly. Place. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Um, my area, I'm waiting because my area is going is the equivalent to Bed-Stuy in the 90s. Yeah. And because a large, you have you you have a large. <laughs> Wait, which nineties? In the in the, well, Bed Stuy coming up in the nineties as far as nah, gentrification started. You're, no, you're like you're in the two thousands. Yeah, you're way past. Yeah. I mean, you're no, no, it's, it's, not, it's not. Well, you're not in the nineties. My my block is in the two thousands. The uh, area around me is in nineties. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. The okay. general area is is late nineties, early two thousands. But the you know it's starting to clean up now because there's a large Hasidic population moving in, and when they and anytime they move into an area, they garner a lot of security police. So they're changing the the landscape. And I got a letter the other day that was like a hand typed letter from I, I got a letter from the government. government. The other day. The other day. And he was like, I'm willing to make a serious cash offer on your place. Here's my number. Give me a call, please. I ripped the letter up. You gotta come to my crib with a with a with a um with a suitcase. With a bag? You gotta come with a bag? Yeah. All right. It's gotta be a nice enough bag, close enough to me to retire. And what I would do is I would just rent. Finn Diddy Combs. Listen, I would take that money and rent <laughs> apartment for the next couple of years, maybe. And then I'd be out. Did he come? Oh, I would take. I would take a lot of it. I would buy my retirement home. Right, but that's what I was. I was saying you can take the I, extra money I, and buy. The, it'd have to be. An, it, it would have to be enough or, money where I can buy a new spot and get my spot in Costa Rica, and that's it. I, well, but I think you could do that. I think you could do that now, pimp. I think you could do that. Yeah, I could. I could. I could. I think you could do that now because your your place in Costa Rica ain't gonna cost. The, the down payment's not gonna cost that much money. No, that's correct. Hey, thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this episode, and I'm sure you are, be sure to catch the guys for Decoding 40 After Dark every Monday night at 11 p.m. if you're on the East Coast and 8 p.m. if you're on the West Coast. Streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. It's the same shit, just live. Decoding 40 After Dark. All right, guys. So this is our 91st episode, and we've been talking a lot about the 90s. And we've been talking a lot about the past. And I think 91 was a pivotal year for all of us. So what were you guys doing in 1991? Where were you at? What were you doing? What were you thinking? This is super throwback. But what were you guys doing? 91, Jesus Christ. Um, since we're going into our, 30 years since I graduated um, from high school, 91, I want to say everybody, for the most part, 91. I, that sounds. Know, right? That sounds crazy. thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like dude in college. Wait, thirty years. He got thirty years. Thirty years, 30 years ago, right? I saw a meme the other day. That said people born born in the nineteen nineties talked about the nineteen sixties like it was back in the day. People in two thousand and twenty are talking about the nineteen nineties like it was like it was the sixties. Yeah. So word. it's it's the equivalent to that. So. 30 years since uh, I graduated, um, 
And I, I, I went on Facebook and was feeling nostalgic and I made that post. And so many people responded to it because all of us are of a certain age. And what I was doing, I was getting ready to go to a prom and, and, and paying an exorbitant amount of money for one night. And um, I remember that we had ordered the 1991 brand new Lincoln Continental limousine. And back then, the limousine, the 8990 version was square. The 91 had the new slope, futuristic looking Lincoln. Right. And we ordered this shit, paid money and it was for 400 it. feet long. Yo, right? We ordered the shit, pay for the shit. And then the night of the prom, or the day before the prom, because we or we went to like some some white town to get this shit. The dude tried to pull a fast one and be like, oh, well, we don't have uh, that Lincoln and we're sorry, but, you know, we know you ordered the new Lincoln, but we don't have it, blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. And I remember my 17-year-old self getting on the phone and having a fucking L-dot moment was like, look here, I don't want your fucking free Lincoln rides because he was like, we'll give you it for another night for free for the whole night. You guys can have it. I was like, fuck that. I want the brand new Lincoln shape, motherfucker. I paid y'all motherfuckers money. Y'all better give me my money or I'm going to sue you guys. Needless to say, it wasn't the same color we ordered, but that 91 Lincoln uh, limousine showed up in, in gray. And we walked, we, we fucking got up in there like pimps at the prom. My prom was at the Waldorf Astoria. Uh, Rick would know because he was there. Great time. And then I just remember getting ready to go to college and being fucking terrified. I remember the day I left for school to go to North Carolina Central. Shout out HBCU. Eagle Pride. So I I remember leaving the house and my mother was there and my, my stepfather was there. And I remember just like hugging my moms and getting in the car and being terrified. And the fucking different world kind of playing in the background. Because <laughs> that was the show. You know, that was the show. But, um. 1991. 1991. What about you? It was an amazing year. It was an amazing year for me. Um, had great fun uh, in my senior year. A lot of great friends that I still have to this day. I was working at a record shop called Square Circle in Brooklyn Heights. And it was the first piece of real money that I had. And one of the funniest stories I always tell is that we went out to dinner one time. When you say real money, money, what do you mean? I'm going to tell you. I'm about to explain it to you. Okay. I, I paid for everybody's meal. It was the first time I was like, all right, I'm going to just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat everybody. So then I put a tip on the table and we go back to my, I don't know if we were dating at the time. We, we probably just friends at the time. My, my friend, uh, grandfather's house and we buy we pick up like some juices snacks and some cards and then when we get to the house they're like laughing and i'm like what what's the joke apparently they picked up the tip and used the tip to pay for all the snacks the drinks <laughs> and the playing cards <laughs> so i was like wow, wow. exactly wow y'all are Dirty, greasy, greasy. Oh my God. So I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, playing Big Willie 
with a chauffeur. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, <laughs> lo and behold, I ain't leave no tip, or we didn't leave any tip uh, that night. But Yo, it was funny you know, that they was the limo mad story. as hell. I, yeah, I was. I mean, I don't know. It was. It was. I was mad because I just. It, I felt more embarrassed than anything. But no, the fucking the fucking waiter was mad oh, as they, hell. This motherfuckers, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> you know, you got four black kids up in there. Oh and, my god! Uh, you know. So, but the the limo story resonated with me because we actually had to. I had to switch a route done on me. Um, got a limo, and it was a nice Lincoln. But wound up getting some, you know beat up old Cadillac for prom that didn't start and Damn. Needed, a, needed a jump twice. <laughs> so the first time the battery that's the best. Uh, that's the, best. Yeah, the first time the battery start was after our, our prom was at uh, Queens Hall of Science and that was the first part. The second part was on a boat uh, that uh, was off of I think it had to be South Street Seaport. So anyway, we we leave uh, Queens uh, Hall of Science. We go to the car. He turns. He turns the key to turn it on, and all we hear is, <laughs> like, "Wow, no!" And the way we were parked, it had to be towards like the middle of the parking lot because everybody's walking past the part uh, the limo, and it's like, "Yo, the limo won't start. Who's in there?" <laughs> We in the back, scrunched back, like don't even look in there. Thank God it was tinted. And uh, eventually he just got another car to give him a jump. And uh, so we were waiting for. I'm going to need you to get out and push. I'm going to need you to get out and push this limo. I almost feel bad for the limo driver. I almost feel bad for him. Don't feel bad for them because they gave us the wrong limo. They did switch a row on us. That's not the limo I paid for. But I, I didn't. I was like kind of stuck because it was like, all right, what am I going to do? I, there was no Uber at the time, right? So we we're, we're waiting. Once the, the car gets the limo gets started, we go down to the South Street Seaport area, like around Water Street, and we're chilling, waiting. And it turns out my date had a boyfriend. And didn't tell me at the time, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm having a fuck. Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, uh, just, don't just don't just roll that grenade into the party and, and oh, yeah, okay, wait, 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 wait. So I'm like, like, I lean like, for the so kiss. my date had a boyfriend. I lean in for the kiss, and she's like, I got a boyfriend. I'm like, is he here? Yeah, right. He's oh, not he right here. here. So anyway, uh, needless to say, at that point, <laughs> it was a dud, dead night. <laughs> So the limo needed another jump. <laughs> so we had to wait wow. for that. That nigga had a bad alternator. That's what he had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't have a boyfriend. She was like, oh, this nigga got me in a shitty ass Probably. limo. Uh, I got a boyfriend. Exactly. And she she would. Uh, another jump? Said. Oh, I definitely have a boyfriend right. now. So then we make it to the uh, the boat. <laughs> had an amazing time. I think we partied on that boat to about five, six in the morning. So anyway, we leave the boat. We drop uh, the ladies off. And me and my dude, uh, I think we went to go get something to eat. And that was the end of the night. And my mother was like, well, how was it? And I was like, it was great, except for the, the limo kept <laughs> needing to jump. Um, but I think I slept for hours because uh, I really did have a good time despite that. And that that goes to the spirit of 
if you're willing to have a good time and be resilient, it really doesn't matter what the fuck else is going on. Um, so there was that. And then 91 in the fall, I moved down to Nashville to go to Fisk University. And that was, I think, my life changed dramatically. And I have luckily connected with some of the most beautiful people that I've ever had the opportunity to do and who no, who are no longer friends. They are literally my family because we had to support each other through some of the brokest moments and (laughs) and just so much fun and we grew up together and we understood what it what it meant to you know be a part of this hbcu tradition and um i i I love these people i absolutely adore these people and uh after that i stayed in nashville for a while and then moved to atlanta and then moved to ohio and then move back to New York. Yo, L, you talk about broke. The 20, like $20 back then, my G, was like, was if you a had mint. a 20. A mint. You might as well have $400 right on you right now. That's how $20 was <laughs> back Western then. And Western Union was like, you might as well. Yo. That was like, yo. And when you was walking out of Western Union, it's like, you ever, <laughs> I played a long like, time ago when a pimp I'm walked rich, out. Bitch. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I got a count of money. I remember doing all this overtime and I got a paycheck for $1,150, which was overtime. Hmm. Man, you couldn't tell me nothing. Not be. I, you couldn't tell me. You got it. You got oh. it. I'm going to need that in all cash. Right. Right, 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 right. It's single. I'm going to carry that around in my pocket for the next. I, I put it in my pocket and I rub <laughs> that money together. But. But that was before I got the job. Before I got the job, now here, here's how calm. I'm going to tell you guys a story about calm because y'all talking about prom. So my dude liked this chick. I may have told the story in the park and my dude liked this chick. And he pointed her out to me and I was like, she is cute. So I started messing with her, started talking to her. We ended up dating and ended up going to prom together. And then my mom says, you didn't do good enough in high school. So I'm not paying for you to go to your prom. So I didn't know what I was going to do. My man pops paid for me to go to my prom. With the and girl we had, he liked? No, 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 no. Oh. Somebody, somebody we know. I'm not going to talk about man. Somebody we know was dating my mom's. And, okay. and he Niggas paid for me. <laughs> my mom ain't here, so rest in peace. I can't my even bad, My bad, my bad. I couldn't resist. That's a, shout out to Slink. <laughs> so, <laughs> shout out to Slink. That was funny. So, <laughs> so he paid for he paid for me to get my tux, and then we had to get there. So it turns out the dude who liked the girl ended up being our ride. He had like a Camry no. back then. So the dude who liked us ended up being our ride to the prom. So who was he riding with? I stole his, I don't even remember. I stole his girl in high school and he still gave me a ride to the prom. So anytime I see him now, I feel such, I feel such love for him because he had to do that. Don't trust him. He's just waiting for his moment. He's going to say, what's funny is, is, What's funny about him is <laughs> he's waiting for that moment and he's going to get two tickets to the Grand Canyon. You want to come with me? <laughs> What's funny? If you look at his Facebook, all you see is like guns and ammo. He's shooting oh, yeah. targets. I'm like, 
He's like, he's like, Mac, you want to come hang out? I'm like, mm, nah, that nigga scared. gonna have a, a buckshot accident with you. You got, you. got no, too many guns. No. He gonna shoot you in the face. Like, he, like no, fucking. he never, he never held it against me. So anyway, he takes us to the prom. He never held it against you. He never held it against me. He, I swear to he's God, he's gonna he Cheney shoot you in the face, bro. Don't go. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> he's gonna shoot so, you in the face like Dick Cheney. Word. So anyway, my bad. Prom is over. They're like, where are we going? Now, mind you, my mom's was like, you got to figure it out because you you got, you you a straight C student. You got to figure it out. I ain't paying for that. If you was an A student, I would pay for it. So we go out to my mom's house. So we go all the way out to Long Island and the four of us go all the way out there and we get all the way out there. And my man is, he's like, yo, you got a nice house. He was like, we drove out there. He's living his life. The dude I brought out there, but the girl who I ended up dating that night at, of the prom was like, you can't have none tonight. Not tonight. Any other night, but not on prom night. I'm not giving you none. So, mm. but other, but I had dated. So and you took I it to the Hampton it, house? I'm giving it to oh, him. Oh, she should have sucked your dick and in I had, the pool, I, man. What's I, I had hit it already, but for some reason, she was like, prom night, she ain't giving you no. But my man lived his life. He was happy. He drove us out. And the next morning, we had breakfast. And then he drove us back. And we had a good I'm, time. I'm, I'm going to let you in on a secret. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Was he with a woman? Was he with a girl? I'm gonna tell you why. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna tell you why Shorty didn't give you pussy that night because on the low she probably fucked the other nigga, never told you about it, and felt some type of way like that's a meaning. I don't want to. I don't want to fuck you because I fucked the other nigga, and I don't want him looking in my eyes knowing that it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It wasn't that because he came to me later. He was like, he was. We talked about it because he came to me later like, yo, I can't believe you like like you got with her. You know what I'm saying? Because I really liked her, whatever. But anyway, wow. and that year, that year I started at the post office. I started working at the post office. And um, what else happened? And then the next year I started um, one of my first major businesses. I started the magazine that next year. So that's what I was doing in 91. You are a dirty, rotten scoundrel. Girl stealer. I feel bad. Yeah, I, I stole this girl and I shouldn't have done that. He was you was every rap song in 1990, nigga. I was, I was, I was the bad (laughs) guy in every rap song. You fucking that was me stealing broads and shit. Fuck is wrong with you? Let's get get this guy out of (laughs) here. If he called me today, I'd be like, I'd I'd be like, bruh, how are you? (laughs) Remember that time you fucking stole my girl? Yeah, thirty years ago. I'm telling you, he remembers. Don't trust him. It was thirty years ago, and I still feel bad about it. Because I'm going to tell you, the, the, the story that I can't tell you ends with this guy taking this young lady to dinner and cursing her out for what she did. And that's all I can give you. And this was years, 20 years after. <laughs> Why can't you tell the story 30 years later? I'm just asking. Because one, yeah, one, one of the people still listen, listen to the show. Okay. Well, shout out to them. Wanna, it's all right. I'm sorry. She, she knows who she is. She does, and she's probably <laughs> laughing as she's listening to this. All right. This week in racism, brought to you by the same people for the last four hundred years. There apparently was a White Lives Matter rally, and one guy showed up. Do we even want to like? Do I care about this? It's not really a rally. It's not a rally <laughs> if one guy shows up. I, I feel like, like this is on Max top 10 list and it was just one thing on the list. And like, how um, the fuck does one person just show the fuck up? Just one person. 
literally was making it sound like it was going to be a big deal. And one person showed up. Where's everybody at? I mean, I, right. I, they said 830 on so a Tuesday. I was here. Because he, he was the only person who was not smart enough to know that you don't have a White Lives Matter rally in New York because you'll get fucked up. Was I wonder there, if there, there were white there people any... around who just were like sitting on the sidelines looking to see if there was someone braver yeah, taking pictures them. like they weren't there. But here's right. the question: White lives question. matter. Were like, there any white matter. lives matter rallies in other places like Arizona or Alabama or West Virginia? Was it supposed Could to be? be but nobody, nobody country? gave a. Fu- but the thing is, like nobody gave a fuck about them. N- people cared very little about them, and all they really wanted was attention. So does this mean American white? And if you don't give them attention, then Mm. they fucking they fucking fizzle out and they die, right? Maybe they you give it a point in these rallies though. Imagine imagine you give these white lives matters uh, rallies attention, and and other people like oh shit, white lives matter. Let me go to the next one. But when you give them no attention and the shit just fucking fizzles out, like nobody gives a fuck about that. Are you telling me that even white racists don't even think white lives matter enough to show up to a rally? No, they don't. I was not unless you, the rally, not unless the media tells them. I was going <laughs> to. I was maybe Chuck probably did have a point. I was going to come to the white lives matter. However, um, I had a hamburger helper eating contest to go to, so I decided to go to the helper eating contest instead. Motherfuckers. No, Yo, Wait, I, what I, day was it? It wasn't Saturday. I, I don't even know. But they, <laughs> I don't they think see anybody they, knew. They're they're witnessing all the people that are going to jail. They're like, all right, I already, I already, I already did the insurrection. I'm not gonna fuck around and go out the house and do yeah. something crazy. <laughs> you know, you know, these drones are following me now because they got drones that follow me ever since Yo, the Capitol. No, I saw Michael J. White on. Uh, Another outlet, we'll say. I don't want to say which outlet we saw him on because I don't really rock with that dude. Michael but I saw J. Mike, White? Mike, Michael J. White. Is it J, J. or is it Jai? I don't it's know. It's, it's is Jai. he black? Really? Are you talking about Mike, is the it, white Michael? I don't know I'm who you're talking, talking about. about. The action star. Is it Jai? Jai. 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 Okay. Yeah. So Michael Jai White mm-hmm. with the smart ass comments. Michael <laughs> fucking Jai White. And I saw him talking. JJ White. And he was talking about. He had, I'm sorry. Go ahead. He had. It's all right. He had a conversation with some mind. white, some white racists. Mm-hmm. And he went to them and he talked about how. Uh, uh, I, I want to know why you feel. He says they were leaving. He came and they were leaving. He says, no, please don't leave. Let's have a conversation. First of all, you don't want that smoke with him at no. all. You don't want that. You don't he want that smack the shit out of you. <laughs> I don't want that smoke with him. So I know they didn't want that. That smoke nigga with can him. rip your larynx out of your throat. Get over here. In 3.2 and even, seconds. And that's not even a real body part. He can rip yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the larynx. The larynx. <laughs> Yo! Shot him with the yeah. It's not even a real body part, but he'll he'll find it. He'll find that shit. Yo, dig in there. (laughs) Oh, shanked him in the hallway. Yeah, he got me for anatomy one on one on that one. He said, "What's a larynx?" 
<laughs> like that's not even a real body part. <laughs> rip it out, you stupid Ooh. fuck you. Is that a, is that a Pixar movie? Learning? Oh, yeah, I think so. Hold up, hold up. Oh, there's a fucking arrow sticking out of my throat right now. <laughs> you shot me. No, he got you in your gut with the oh shank. My God. Well, Jeez. at least it didn't puncture your larynx. Ooh! <laughs> he came back with it. Ricochet. Next, next week, Vin is going to have an anatomist on the show. He's going to be like, actually, this is a real body part. Yeah, nigga. All right. Everybody's got their, hey, everybody's got their sun, sun time there. So Michael Jai White was talking about how he talked to these racists and how he was like, well, tell me why you hate black people. He says, black people have more crime in their neighborhoods and whatever, whatever, whatever. And he was like, all right, well, he says, but you're different. He says, well, why am I different? He was like, well, because, you know, you come from a different background. So he said, so do white people with money um, have crimes against other white people? And they were like, yes. So he was like, so it's not really a race issue. What you're talking about is a class issue. What you're talking about is money. It's really interesting. It's really a proximity issue, but fuck it. I think it's proximity, but it's proximity, it's proximity, education, and money. It's a combination. I think think black people are doing way too much work trying to convince racist people not to be racist. You want to be racist, be racist. Be publicly racist and lose your job. It's economically not in your best interest to be fucking racist these days. So clean your shit up. I hope your kids learn a lesson. Don't be racist. Don't be racist. Stop being greedy. And oh, good segue. Unfortunately, recently, the man, the legend, DMX has has left us. What do you guys feel like DMX meant to you? We were talking about the 90s today. <laughs> DMX was an interesting character for sure. And DMX added a lot to our lives. He was the soundtrack. He was part of the soundtrack of our lives. What do you guys feel like DMX meant to you guys? And and um What's your favorite memory of, of DMX? Well, first of all, he had a very, very, very uh, sad like upbringing and things of that nature. Um, just like watching some of those specials and, and uh, interviews with him. He had a rough life. I, I need to see a, co- uh, a report as far as his uh, toxicology report because they, they didn't they have to release that. I'm, Does it matter? Liz, Does it matter? But, no, it matters because they're, they're, the way they're fucking portraying him and how he passed. And he doesn't need that. You, you look at the cover of the Daily News, troubled, whatever. It, it's you know, come on, give this motherfucker his flowers and and, and don't I, shit on I, him. I'm, at the end. I'm gonna be very honest with you. you. Can't, I don't you give can't, a fuck what the media is. First of all, don't follow what the New York Post says. Fuck the New York Post. I'm not following it. I'm just saying I, I don't like the fact that they're even doing that. I, they, they're gonna they're gonna they're drag gonna they're gonna drag black people because they're fucking racist. That's what that paper does. They're fucking uh, racist. Well, this is the Daily News. I actually had always thought he was not going to be with us long. I'm mm. saddened to be right about that. And I actually, on some levels, can't even deal with the fact that he is not here on this plane anymore. And when I go through title and I see all of the memorial uh, playlists that have been dedicated to him, it, it is tough to deal with. I, I want him to be here. Just because I know a lot of people love him and a lot of people that I love, love him. And it's it's tough because a lot of people who we have grown up with are starting to depart. So I, I know and I said this to myself, I, I've got to definitely get back with my counselor because 
watching all of this death is affecting me. It's tough and and it's not just like directly, you know, affecting me, but it's it's just so adjacent to me and it's just giving me anxiety about when it is going to be next to me. And um mm-hmm. I I and I I watched the to live quality uh interview with him when he talked about someone that he loved and trusted had violated him and um I got you. I, I my heart breaks for him, but at the same time I am so proud of what he has been able to accomplish because at the same time when I look at that 99 Woodstock video and you have a sea of people singing and chanting the song that he created from his mind and from his heart it's it's amazing it's amazing he he has lived he's lived I, I like what he and I'm, I'm gonna wrap up I, I like what someone said that he was the Jekyll and Hyde DMX was Jekyll and Earl Simmons was the Died. I think I got it mixed up, but it's he lived two lives and both of them were extraordinary. I have to speak to what certain people flex. And I, I don't like to shout flex out as a as a as a source. I ain't got no problem with flex, but I want to know who are the people around him or who were closest to him who were and, and I and I understand having addicts around you because I understand that experience, but I do feel like more could have been done to preserve this man's life. And I'm not judging anybody. That's not what it is. But I really am disappointed that more people, especially the community of musicians, I don't even want to say his family because you may not listen to your family. I know I have people in my family that don't listen to me about their personal habits. But I do feel like there was a community of musicians, writers, whatever, who could have done more to help this man with his habit. And I think that really is the part that... We got to be careful with that because that savior complex is very dangerous. But I don't even think that that's true. Like somebody who's an addict and who... who, So so you're not even talking about an addict. You're talking about an addict with resources. There's nothing you can do. This addict is going to do what it is that they want to do. And it doesn't even require you to help them to do it. It doesn't matter if the entire world surrounded them and tried to prevent them from doing it. It's not going to happen. I'm worried about Kanye. Kanye is not an addict. Kanye has mental health. Okay. And there's people around him that can surround him, hug him, and show him love. All right. All right. So I'm going to finish talking about DMX now. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you, you you try to prevent him from doing the thing that he wants to do. If he's an addict, he's going to get the thing that he wants and needs. Full stop. All he's going to do is remove people from his circle that are trying to prevent him from getting it. The thing that I love about DMX is that he was vulnerable and willing to put himself on the line, whether it was whether he was high or not high whether he was doing a performance, he was a hundred percent. It's all the time. every time. Yeah, I'll give you that all all the time. Every, every time. time. Yeah. Even all when time. He, he, even when he, I, I, you know, you see him on on the show where he was confronting those demons. He was fully transparent in ways that most people aren't willing to do, and that's why you gotta you gotta you gotta love him for that, and yeah. the pain. And the frustration that he experienced in his entire in in his life, like yeah. 
you got to admire him from for being able to do you know, reach the heights that he reached and being able to do the things that he's done. And I think we got to we got to wrap up. So listen, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much if you bought a T-shirt. If you didn't buy a T-shirt and you just listened to us, we love you. We appreciate you. We will talk to you guys next week. Make sure you look for a new show every Friday and check us out on the live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Facebook. And Facebook. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll holler at you guys next week. We love you. Peace. Peace. Decoding 40.